Welcome to the Ocean Cruises podcast hosted by Andy H. This week we are speaking with Jade and Bryn from the YouTube sailing channel Chasing Currents. Jade and Bryn are from Birmingham in the UK and are new to the sailing world. They bought their boat two years ago, a 1976 28-foot stag built in the UK. After learning how to sail, refitting their boat, ready for crossing the English Channel and the Bay of Biscay, they left in the summer of 2021 to head towards the Mediterranean. If you want to learn more about Jade and Bryn, you can follow their journey on their YouTube channel, Chasing Currents. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, watch the interviews on YouTube and download the audio on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm going to say Bryn was the main catalyst. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, we, we both kind of wanted something different. Like we wanted an adventure. We knew we didn't want to kind of like, We've been together for quite a long time now and we've done loads of different crazy adventures. Um, but we wanted some way of traveling that was more sustainable, um, mainly, to be honest, quite cheap, like to get around and yeah. and a way that we could basically take our home with us. So we kind of looked at camper vans was our first um, idea, camper vans and canal boats. It was how can we travel the furthest yeah. for the longest, the cheapest, and like still be attainable yeah and it was just trying to think of all the different ways to like it would be like you say camper vans and things like that but then also can we get jobs like could we just work here for six months work there we literally looked at absolutely every option we're obviously both from birmingham so naturally like canal boats it's like a big thing (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) that might sound really strange to a lot of people yeah Yeah. we have loads of canals yeah (laughs) (laughs) but we kind of the more we looked into that we were like it's actually really really good well it can be quite expensive and the boats themselves are quite pricey canal boats oh yeah and then also, also the more we thought about it we were like you know, canals are obviously nice and everything, but is that really what we want to be doing? Is that the kind of things we want to see? <laughs> we'll be travelling around the Midlands. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty limited when you're on a canal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we both do love the ocean. And um, like Bryn's got a, a degree, a master's degree in marine biology. So it's always been something we're really interested in. Uh, and then, yeah, I think you you messaged me. You'd watched a Sailing the Bad Ones YouTube video. So literally... We didn't have a clue that you could live on a sailboat or that... Yeah, and we've never not, thought about it. Everyone says this, but obviously you think that to have a sailboat, you need only for like the rich people and like the lifestyle thing. Being like totally away from it, we just didn't know that there was even a cruising scene or that that was even a thing. So when I first saw a video, I was like, hold on a minute, there's another option here. Okay, let's message Jade. So like a text Jade. You said you text me saying, "Do you want to live on a sailboat?" And I was like, "Sure." And Jay was like, "Well, surely they're really expensive." And I sent her like four links from yeah. eBay where there was like one for a grand, one for two grand, one for one yeah. of the UK. Like you can get some yeah. really decent deals in the south. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And Wales had quite a lot cheaper. Yeah, Wales as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it just kind of spiraled from there, didn't it? We just. We started watching a bunch of sailing uh, YouTube channels, people that were doing it on a budget. And yeah, we just really got into the idea really fast, didn't we? And immediately made plans of, it was kind of like a five-year plan because we had a lot of debt between us that we had to clear. 
Um, so we were like, okay, in five years, we're gonna have cleared all our debt, brought a sailboat, and we can head out on some adventures. And yeah, it was like exactly five years, and we did it, didn't we? And yeah, so that was seven years ago yeah. when we first had that like initial yeah. plan to go. But we just stuck with it, we were focused, and we knew that to have something that would be really cool, we had to kind of just kind of start to live our lives slightly differently. We had to give up our house that we were living in. We're only renting, but like it was a lot of money out going that could be saving or paying off debt. So like, yeah, we just focused on it 100% and was like, this is what we're going to do. It's going to yeah, be cool. Told everyone about it, like, and when you put it out there? My family and friends were sure it was insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, do you know how to sail? Have you been taking sailing lessons? Like, no, no. No. <laughs> no, no, no. no what, no. what was the debt from? Was that like student debt or something like that? But, <laughs> no, it was kind of... Um, it wasn't a heroin problem. <laughs> Mass amounts of debt. Yeah. yeah. It was motorbike addiction. It was, mo- it was motorbikes, yeah. holidays. Oh, nice. um, yeah. We've been together for 11 years and we, we'd yeah. kind of just, neither of us were very sensible with money and we'd accumulate, like we took out a couple of loans um, just to go travelling, credit cards. Like um, a car. Yeah. Just normal-ish Mo- things. Yeah, normal life stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But without like I was paying all the the finance, but at the point when we made this decision, like if you tallied up how much was owed on everything, it was probably about just under thirty yeah. grand thereabouts. So it was yeah, completely it was, manageable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we just thought, okay, we've got to we've got to smash this yeah, out. Yeah, like there was no need for us to be in debt. No, we both knew if we just knuckled down and worked hard, we'd clear it. But it was kind of. I think for us, if we didn't have a goal or like something, totally. some reason to like kick us into gear to clear it, we were just kind of we wouldn't. Have. We were just leaving it, weren't we? Yeah, like paying yeah. the minimum. And it isn't like we, we were on minimum wage jobs yeah. as well. So like yeah. it was yeah. just buy a, an Xbox game and play that game for a year and save money. And like <laughs> I've got <laughs> I've got like a picture, well, I've got a couple of pictures actually. Um when me and Jade would play Call of Duty and we'd like put a tent across the screen so like we couldn't screen watch each other and one person would be under the tent and like yeah. but we just kept ourselves occupied like just to save money in all sorts of different ways yeah yeah it was cool though I mean like general life is just pretty expensive now I mean mm-hmm. I, I, like, I remember what, back when I was a teenager you could go to the cinema for like three pound yeah minimum I remember last time I was in uh, London, this is probably going back a few years, I was just bored like in Leicester Square and I was like, oh, I'll just like go and watch a film until um, my next meeting was due. And it's like 24 quid for a cinema ticket. Yeah. What on earth is that? I mean, it was in the centre. Yeah. I don't know if it was the Odeon or the other one, but... Um, Cineworld, I think. In, I only know because I actually worked at Cineworld at one yeah. point. That was one of those jobs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we, we just pretty much did like all the all the free museums we did every single museum in Birmingham yeah every single like free walking tour like all sorts didn't we just to save yeah. money like we were so strict with ourselves we just went we literally yeah. went like our friends hated it because we never went out drinking oh, yeah yeah but what, hey, what made you choose a boat rather than an RV or doing like a camper van because that is that's like the bar is a lot lower to enter for that mm. and you can go to the, the same amount of places it's so I think the big one that stood out for me is you need to pay insurance and insurance on something like that is quite expensive. Yeah. And like then your fuel cost as well. 
Yeah, yeah. So, oh, right, okay. I think the fuel and the insurance, I was like, oh, if we want to travel a lot, it's still going to be quite costly. And the naivety in my head going, yeah, but sailboats, it's the wind and it'll be free. Free wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, because we were like, there's no way of us moving the van for free, but we can move a boat for free, yeah. a sailboat for free. And trying to park um, a camper van somewhere for free, like you sometimes get moved on, sometimes you're in a dodgy car park, or I know there's amazing places as well, but it was like an anchorage sounds really cool, like just dropping anchor and you're in a bay or and you can explore that way. You've got dinghy and that's how you get it, it was just like a really cool idea. Yeah, it's a delicate yeah. picture. Yeah, as well as we want to explore the ocean as well. Like, yeah. That was another big driving factor. Yeah, I mean, just like given your your interest in studies and stuff as well, that would play like a big part in it. I was um, yeah. looking at like uh, hiring a camper van for the Canaries because we're going over in um, in a few days. Well, like next week, and they're pretty expensive to hire. They were like two hundred and something euros a day, which I thought was a lot for like a camper van. That's yeah, that's, yeah like, that sounds two adults and a kid. But I was also having a look at like where you can actually pull up, and you can't just pull up at the side of the road and sleep. Or I don't. No. I mean, maybe some countries are different, but in Spain you can't just do that. There's like designated spots. Um, so I, I get it. Like you can. I, I think probably driving on the road is more comfortable than in a sailboat because you haven't got the risk <laughs> of like, you know, capsizing yeah. or yeah. As, as you guys know, you know, getting attacked by orca whales, like, for example. Yeah. <laughs> you don't really get that yeah. on like the M25. But um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I so, don't like driving anyway, though. It would, it would be you doing all the driving. So also, I, I think on the road, like the dangers are different. You've got other drivers. <laughs> yeah, like, that would probably be worse than orcas, I suppose. Like if you had two. Yeah. yeah. It depends on who you're driving. I would probably yeah. prefer the orcas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, in the UK, it would be so bad, but I just imagine in, like, driving around the cities of Italy or like mm. Egypt or yeah. some maniac road type of country. Like, no, I don't think I could handle that so much. Yeah. yeah and that's where all the best adventures are as well like it's finding them like really unusual places there was one um like van life um channel that i watched it was probably about a few months ago but they they built it in europe and they drove it to africa and they've done like quite a heavy amount of africa and they've been to some pretty dodgy places in africa as well but then they were selling it and then they were going to just like get a flight over to florida or something and like build a new one in florida um, yeah. so yeah you can do a lot of miles I think you spend yeah. a lot on diesel. And I was going to say, like, yeah. if you compare, I've, I've driven from the UK to the south of Spain, which is pretty much the route that you've just done. And I was in a quite an uneconomical car, but that was like 500 euros. Yeah. Yeah. You probably, you, how much did you spend? More, 50? What we spent. Uh, well, we, we had the engine on for about, yeah. yeah, we had the engine on for, I think, eight to 10 hours for yeah. this guy. And then. Yeah, I don't know. If we had the engine on for maybe like 20 to 30 hours to get to the south by the yeah, Algarve or right. to the daughter, something like that. Right, so, so it's probably about 50 How much did it cost? Do you know what we, we do? I think it's about a litre an hour. So, like cruising speed. Yeah, yeah. So probably, what, 30 quid? Yeah, about, yeah. Something no more like, than 50. Not, yeah. Definitely no more than yeah. 50, yeah. It is an economical way to travel. It takes a bit longer, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes a bit longer for sure. Uh, right, what made, so you decided that you didn't want to get a canal boat, um, which mm-hmm. I think was a really good call. Not dissing canal yeah. boats. Yeah. My, my yeah. uncle lives on one now, actually. He, um, 
but you know, he's he's a pretty peculiar guy. Um, but yeah, he but he bought one about six months ago, and it was bloody expensive. It was like six. Yeah. Months. Yeah. Six, yeah, that's what we found when we were looking at them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my wife's got a friend who's been in Spain for quite a long time. I'm not sure. It's quite quite a while. She used to like do birthday cakes for a living. Uh, really good at them, and she's just got like a super wide long boat, so it's not like the smaller yeah. ones. I think it's like one and a half times, and that's yeah. actually got some like really it's good floor it. space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they mm-hmm. are. They're bigger than a lot of like people's apartments and things like that. I think most yeah. yeah. sister not. was looking at those as well, but they're yeah. pricey. But damn, the space you get in them. Mm. Like as an alternative way, instead of having a house, I think it's actually a really cool idea. Yeah, and you can travel minimally. And you might be able to live in big cities for cheaper as well, I mm. suppose. But it, if you want to go further afield, yeah, yeah I think it's, that was the stopping point for us. I see, like, the canal life or, like, the longboat life. It's like if you're typically British and you love the countryside, uh, that would be such a great way yeah. to live. Yeah, definitely. But I do not like the countryside at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I would not enjoy it. I get so bored of it. Uh, but yeah, I think like if you're into that type of chilled out life, like, I mean, I don't know if canals go through the Cotswolds, but if they did, that would be pretty nice. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's so pretty that, right there. Yeah. yeah. But like sleeping at the side of some like industrial Wigan type of, you know, I don't know if you've seen the canals around Wigan, but you can, you probably guess they're not, <laughs> might be the same as in Birmingham, probably not. That yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a few shopping trolleys in there and bicycles. Oh, and yeah. That's probably like, like dead people in, at the side of, uh, yeah so when you decided to do boats um what made you pick out the one that you chose was it did, did you do a lot of research or did you just go and look at a few and you thought this is good i mean it's a good size it's big inside it's, so we essentially we looked at loads of boats this so we before when we brought talisman We'd been looking at boats for two to three years at that point. We could never afford them. Yeah, it was a bit of a hobby about us. It was a bit of a hobby, like, oh, we'll go to Southampton or we'll go to Portsmouth or Plymouth or Wales. Um, But we were like, if we're going to do this, we need to get as much knowledge as possible. There's no point waiting until we have the money and then going and seeing boats because, like, well, you're missing out Mm -hmm. on all the knowledge and then you might end up falling in love with the first one and it not being the right Mm -hmm. boat. It's much yeah. easier seeing the right boat and not being able to afford it and then be forced to wait. But at least you're seeing lots of boats. I suppose yeah, that okay, makes yeah. sense in a roundabout way. So, yeah, we went and saw, I reckon we'd been on, what, 30, 40 boats? Yeah, probably. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah, we literally went on all different westerly. Yeah, went to all, all the boat shows. All well. the boat shows, Colvix, all the old yeah. cheap boats that are in the UK, McQuesters. We literally went on all of them just to yeah. see what the space was like. And to know what we could get for our money. And to know well. what we could get for yeah. the money, like what condition was they in, which ones are holding like, the value a bit more, like because they've got a good yeah. owner's association, things like that. Because we set a budget of like 10000 We didn't want to pay any more than 10000 So mm, yeah. um, anything below that we looked at basically, didn't we? Yeah. And like we'd take notes and take little like checklists of things, like check on each boat and just kind of get used to like what, problems there could be with boats of that age and that size yeah. and that budget and made our own little survey like it yeah. was really cool like even though again we couldn't really get these boats but it got us into the routine of what to check for because then we'd take photos as we were going around and when we get back we'd go oh i never checked this we should 
we should have checked this and then for the next time you know when to do it yeah but i'd say when we got on talisman it was we knew that talisman was the boat like yeah we the layout particularly the layout was brilliant the whole shape was the right whole shape for the size of boat um even though we never sailed (laughs) so like it was all a bit of like trusting what you read on the internet and reading so much that you can kind of see the like patterns in it if that makes sense like what the consensus of what people are saying that's like a relatively new engine oh yeah and it had a a relatively new engine in fact we so there was a Gibsey uh, 76 and I got in touch with the surveyor and asked him if he would uh, survey it for us. And he was like, well, um, I'm going down that way. So I'll just have a look at it. And if it's worth surveying, I'll let you know. So he phoned oh, me. That's he good, like, yeah, he's, he's yeah, actually an absolute legend. Um, and he was like, phone me up, Brent, you were right about the whole, don't get near it. And then he, he, we just started chatting. I was chatting to him for like three hours. Yeah. Like, having a conversation on the phone at night and he's like so what is it you're looking for what is it you want to do and I was explaining everything about our plans and he was like I'll keep an eye out like and then he'd phone me a week later and there was actually um like an old 1902 45 foot what boat was it it's like a yeah it's a traditional it was like a pirate ship (laughs) all right okay like it was an old boat and he was like this charity um they can't keep it or something there was something with it so that, that was an option at one point and then we were like this is way too like much to handle yeah <laughs> um and then he phoned me again and he was like Bryn, i've found a boat um do you want to go see it and we were already viewing a boat in that boat yard that weekend yeah um and we're like yeah sure and that was talisman but he knew what our criteria was so he already and then just like he'd already seen this boat as well so he was like it's got a new engine or a new newish engine so it'll be a, a good one to really look at <laughs> yeah plus um, i think what, most most of the rigging was uh, beta, uh, beta marine, marine. 16 oh nice yeah. yeah nice yeah the rigging it was all that was all was that like 10 years i want to say it was, I think it was six, six something, years. six years, yeah. something like that. But everything that the boom was was a bit newer as well. It'd all been replaced. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed like, and it seemed really well looked after as well. Like everything just seemed in good condition. Yeah, well, so. and the previous owner we've stayed in touch with. He's actually yeah, quite he's a really nice guy. So he's nice. um, just been really good, and yeah, he knows the boat really well. He's owned. I think he's owned it with other people for yeah. a lot, like quite a long time. Um, so yeah, we've got quite a good history of the boat as well, which was cool. That must make things so much easier. Like I remember, I remember when I got my boat, um, there was a bunch of stuff, and it's like you know, certain things are missing, or certain things are in a weird place, or there's like a patch over something, and you're scared if you rip it, like yeah, sink, <laughs> weird stuff like that. And um, yeah, like bless him, he was actually a really nice guy. He was a heart surgeon as well, and. Um, but when it, whenever I had a question, like, what was this? What was that? I'd send him an email and I'd get like a response. A oh, week that's later. so nice. Yeah. So, oh, no, it was like, used to send these really long um, emails. And then when my kid grew up a little bit, he sent like a larger baby life vest for the kid. So he's like, oh. such a sweet guy. But yeah, oh, it used to take like a, a week for me to find out like what was wrong uh, yeah. or the history <laughs> yeah. or something. I actually so, remember yeah. the, the very first night we were on the boat. 
we could not figure out how to turn the lights on like at all we tried everything we could think of and we had yeah, no idea that. how to turn the lights on <laughs> you had to say yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we found it we found him and he was like yeah this is how you do it yeah, just turn the isolate switch and everything will come on yeah <laughs> Yeah, there was uh, a few run. Well, the, there was another one on. Oh, what, what was the stupid one on that? I couldn't get the engine to stop for. Oh, so you know, you pull the um, you pull the cable that stops like the that uh, it cuts off the diesel. Yeah. yeah, that that wasn't working when I first. I think like the first and second time I took it out, I was like, oh, this is weird. So I just thought you had to go like down into the engine and like, <laughs> like yeah. turn, turn it off at the engine and he was like no no it just it slips sometimes from up above so but again that took like a week for me to figure out so yeah if you got also there, different aren't they like every boat has its own like quirks isn't it and why i'm doing things so when we went to greece there was like so so the boat that we got in greece it was a charter boat but they don't really do what is it bear boat I think they call yeah. it bare boat charters where you take it out and you skipper it yourself. They've usually got a skipper on board. So there was like, there was a bunch of stuff that was typical. Like if you're a boat owner, you'd be like, oh, you just do this if that happens, just do this if that happens, and then it's okay. But um, yeah, on this charter boat, there's about, there about three or four things. And one of them was turning the engine off by going down <laughs> into the engine. Then there's a few other random little bits. And it's like, yeah, if it's your own boat or you've got a bit of a history with it, you know it. But trying to figure some of that stuff out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, uh, it would drive me insane trying to figure out yeah. what it did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I was like, I normally can figure stuff out. This is not yeah. Right. That trip looked awesome, by the way. It looked like you yeah. all had so much fun. Yeah, it's on a boat. Just uh, like Michael just sent me a message actually, just saying that they're putting like the first episode on this week. I don't know if that's oh, like, that on the boat or if it's mm. them arriving in Greece. I'm not sure, but they said that it's like she literally just told me right now. So yeah, yeah. I'll, have, I'll have a look later because that'll be oh, yeah, awesome. be pretty cool. Yeah, pretty yeah. Cool. That's <laughs> how, how much was the um, how much was the boat that you chose then? How much did you end up paying for it? Seven thousand. Yeah, seven thousand. Yeah. Wow. So that's we, a lot of boat for the money. Yeah, yeah we, no, I think so, actually. we were really, we were really happy, especially like after looking at the market for so long and what types of boats you could get in what condition. This was just perfect. Yeah. Really, really happy with it. So, but I think it had been on the market for a little while. Yeah, I think and it had been reduced when, a bit. When you so you got that for seven, did you know that you needed to spend like a certain amount of cash to get it up to the spec that you'd want to like? Do the Bay of Biscay, for example. In our head, we didn't need to do anything. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of ignorance involved. <laughs> yeah, we were like, this is ready to go. We were incredible. And you know what, actually, in terms of the boat, like, it, it didn't need anything. Like, okay, it was saleable as it was. The boat itself, the things that we got, yeah. not including safety, not including, like, upgrades, uh, we got a new forestay and yeah. a new head sail, which was smaller because we just felt a little bit safe with that. And we changed some of the running rigging. Yeah. And overhauled the electronics anyway we did. But if we don't, we didn't yeah. need it. Like, that was, yeah. I would say that was an upgrade. So them three things were the main boat things that we did. And that boat sailed across Biscay. We, we upgraded yeah. new chart. It was just the upgrades, wasn't it? That ended up costing like, more than we thought. Yeah. And the safety equipment, like yeah. life raft, PLBs, things we didn't think of at all. No, there was that device, yeah. like an outboard, yeah, like life jackets, like you said. We yeah. wanted like PLBs, EPUB, all that kind of stuff. It, like all just added up quite fast, I think. I think if we was like yeah. coastal cruising, 
that's we'd have probably done it a little bit slower or we'd have maybe changed it a little bit because we knew we were going to be doing that big passage mm -hmm. the safety and stuff just give us that little bit more confidence um and like a bit of just a bit more of a calmer feeling in the back of your mind sort of thing going mm -hmm. well you know we've got everything ticked we the boat is as ready as it can be so yeah yeah it did cost a bit more than we thought and like solar panels obviously oh solar panels and stuff like that yeah yeah and new batteries yeah yeah <laughs> everything just racks up like the build just ends up huge like we're um what did i get the other day one of the mini it's a mini perp you know the one that you put inside your life jacket yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so because we're doing the, the the crossing in december i was like look if i do fall overboard it would be how it would be useful uh, but again it's like 350 euros i think yeah yes yeah. i think it's about 350 or something like that and then yeah if you want to get like a decent life jacket 150 200 exactly. yeah like a little lights for the life jacket you know yeah over 50 yeah. like those bills just crack up yeah and because like you like the lack of experience as well like never being on a boat all them things we were just wanting to overcompensate yeah so like it yeah because we were like we're absolutely going to go overboard so let's make sure that if we do yeah yeah it's true though yeah you know when you look at like, say a life jacket and you go this one's 60 quid and this one's 150 but what is the difference if i fall over like Will this keep me afloat and then eventually <laughs> the marketing comes through and you go fine i'll go with that one because of, of Oh, the marketing makes me feel safe, but yeah, but that's just a part of being an absolute movie. That's true. <laughs> yeah. The, what, so, what what was the singular biggest thing that you spent the most money on? Was it the navigation equipment? Yeah. That, yeah. The NG package. For yeah, sure. we got it all in one go. We actually got a good deal on it as well, um, and we got a discontinued radar, but it's three G radar, so okay. it's still one of the modern ones yeah. that's actually really good and everything. It's not quite as good as the 4D halos that they've got now, but a few more features. Mm -hmm. But it was uh, 4,000. Yeah. And... Cost over half the cost of our boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It's crazy when you think of it like that, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's basically yeah. a tablet with, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, a posh tablet. Yeah. yeah. Kind of is, really. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was very um, skeptical at the start. Okay, so I kind of sold it on. Yeah. The, we had a, a, a Raymarine C70 chart plotter that was inside at the nav desk. And when we were like practicing sailing, we couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, you wouldn't leave because you've got a tiller, you don't leave the cockpit like to just go down and check. And you constantly steer. And we didn't have the autopilot on mm -hmm. in the sailing. And I was like, we need a chart plotter outside so we can see more of what's going on. And then I was, we also, being from Birmingham, we don't know where the wind's coming from. So we were like, and it, we, we've been out with some sailors and they're like, can't you feel it on your cheek? And we're like, mm, no. <laughs> we can know. We can know. We've, we've learned these skills as we've gone. But at the start, it was, it was really difficult. <laughs> so like, yeah, we, the, all this equipment is kind of, give us mm. a learning curve for us if that makes yeah, sense yeah i think especially like yeah. the radar um and the ais like we've used Very it incredible. even more than we thought when we when we bought it a lot of people were saying you know it's a bit of a gimmick to have like radar and you won't use it that much and we've used it so so much we've had so much fog since we left well then the portuguese coast mm -hmm. especially has so much fog. i was gonna say the passages that you did to get yeah. where you are like i would recommend 
getting a radar for exactly. that. I mean, like the English yeah. Channel, North France. Like, yeah, I would actually recommend yeah. that. But the, the, the new ones are so expensive. I was having a look like yesterday. Those new Halo radars, they're like two grand. Not in the yeah. States. In the States, they're way cheaper. I think they're like $1,400 or something. But yeah, in yeah. Europe, they're like 2,000 euros. It's a lot for a radar. Yeah. yeah, we got yeah. lucky with ours. I think if it wasn't in the package, we probably wouldn't have bought one either. Would we? If it weren't for the three, if it weren't mm. for the fact it was the last one that the company had, and it was like heavily discounted and discontinued, we definitely wouldn't have got the radar. Yeah, it, just lucky. Yeah, chart plotter radar AIS. Yep, and wind and speed and a Triton two display, just because it was part of the package. Yeah. Right. And do you do the the screen mirror where you will connect it to like, yeah, that looks so cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. We've used yeah. that so much. Lots, yeah. Exactly. Especially and, if one of us is on watch and the other one is inside and you want to just be checking what's happening. Yeah. Or if you're an anchor, yeah. like you can just literally put, <laughs> I'll put the tablet like above where we sleep and I just leave the chart on with the anchor track yeah. and then anchor alarm and then I'd like, you know, when you just sometimes it's in the back of your mind, you just look in your eye and you have a look and you're like, oh, we're cool. Like, it's just it's such a good feature. And it's it's a, it's not like just for monitoring. Like, you can do it with Navionics. Like, you can walk around your boat with your phone open or a tablet, but you can't actually control your boat. But, like, with the um, B&G system, it's probably the same with Raymarine. I'm sure they're all the same now. But, like, you, you can connect your iPad to your chart plotter and you can actually control your autopilot through yeah. your chart plotter so like the only thing left is being able to control like automated winches yeah, yeah. and then you can literally just like sail it yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just never leave bed yeah, <laughs> well, if you set it if you set the auto sorry if you set the autopilot to um to sail to wind mm. then the boat will steer itself according to the wind as well yeah. so like i know that there's a lot more that goes into it than that but it's quite an automated system. I mean, if he was doing an ocean crossing, and we are hoping to some point maybe do an ocean crossing, like, I think it's 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 good technology. It should never be relied on. I don't mm. think that that, and I think that that can be easily to fall into relying on something like that. Um, and also, like, something that I've, I've read recently with chart plotters is to check the charts because you have to zoom in to see all the detail yeah um, but i think if you're using the equipment properly they're amazing tools yeah and you know it's, obviously it's good to have like a, a little book but i mean all the charts for example rather than a little book i was just thinking of like the old aa books that we used to have in the uk that like yeah. always yeah. had one in your car because you there was no internet uh, but like nobody uses those now, you know, like nobody drives around in the car and the yeah, bus, that's true. Uh, AA Atlas in, in the back. Um, yeah. And yeah, like we've kind of evolved technologically. It makes sense that you kind of rely on them. Um, but yeah, I've spoken to like all different types of sailors and some of them are like, oh, no, no, you absolutely need the charts and you need to be able to, you know, navigate with the stars and stuff. And then everyone else is like, well, that's that's like hundreds of years old. Like, yeah, <laughs> you've got a phone now for that type of thing. So, yeah, yeah you adapt, don't you? Like, on. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you found it like with the chart platter and stuff like that as well? Oh, yeah, it's been brilliant. Like, I'm, I'm not very good at technology usually, but it's actually been amazing. Yeah, it's made me feel so much more comfortable. Like when I'm on my own, on watches as well. And, yeah, um, 
especially the styles the style stay is cool as well yeah that's really cool. oh what is yeah. that how does that work or what like what, what's the purpose of it and what does it do it helps you sail efficiently it gives you it gives you information um okay. it tells you the true wind the apparent wind uh tidal where the tides come uh, where the currents are coming from there's loads on it, aren't there? Really, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, is that just BNG? yeah. So that's, yeah, that's only with BNG. Uh, that's unique cool. to BNG. So mm-hmm. would that for because I've seen some images of it, but I don't know exactly how it works. But I've seen it for it forms like a grid type of system on the chart. So like if you were if you wanted to like tack into a bay, would that say okay tack now for example, and then you will go straight through the center of the bay if you wanted to do that yeah because it it, it does because that's what happens isn't it it tells you where i don't where think to go with the weather like when to tack to be most efficient yeah to a degree i think it, it's yeah. it it gives you the the options so if you put um you can put in your boats i forgot the word of it now but like the your your sail plan and how the performance of your boat you can enter all that information mm-hmm. into it and it will use that information and then give you, like, if you can sail upwind at this particular uh, angle, it'll give you the best angle. It uses for, the weather as well, Yeah, because it, it uses, uses all the information yeah. um, from the currents and the wind, and it will give you the best tax to make it to your next waypoint, if that makes right. sense. Yeah, um, so it's like plotting out the journey for you. So rather than yeah. you putting dots all over your chart plotter, thinking I'll tack here, I'll tack, I'll tack, it might not be the best route to actually take. Yeah. That does it for you. It's like yeah. a, cheat, a cheat code for for people that are new as well. Like it, yeah, it, it, helped, it helped us learn like loads about yeah. yeah, like yeah, about even the basics. Like we learned quite quick because of that, didn't we? Yeah, and then you can kind of use what you've learned. And like, your own ultimately, you, you're the one making the decision. Yeah. So if, if it's saying, yes, you can tack here, um, but then you go, hold on, that's going a bit shallow over there, so I might not yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, it's just giving you options. So, But you, it does also really route and stuff as well. So you can literally yeah, yeah. just go from here to here, dump, and it will do it, and that syncs to your phone, tablet. Um, so that auto route will take into account, like, the wind direction, all that type of stuff and like currents, tides, any of that. So the auto route, I think, gives you the best route. And then you can do weather routing, which uses predict wind. Um, and then if but I think you need, you need, the, a subscription. You need a subscription yeah. to predict wind. But if you get that, that will then give you four weather model routes. And obviously you make using the information of where you are, which model is probably going to be the best preference for you where the where most of the weather models are matching is probably the one that's the most um, accurate and then you can use that to follow but i don't know 100 percent if it takes into account the currents or the tides so i'd have to double check that i can't remember but it does have i mean you can mm-hmm. literally push a button saying tides and it'll tell you the tides of yeah. wherever you wherever the boat is it has so many different functions like I'm we're, sure pre- we're pressing like so many buttons to, to learn version, it. <laughs> um, predict wind. Yeah, because I've got like the normal version. I yeah. can't remember how much it is. It's not cheap, but that basically likes it. Oh, there's wind. It's always wrong, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, yeah. there's wind <laughs> coming from here. You know, go at this time of day and then it's usually horrible. Um, but I know that the version above that does give you like uh, currents and yeah. 
or some more weather models, I think, something like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, they, I think they rec I'm sure on it, it recommends it specifically for like ocean crossings or, or like high current, high tide areas. And then meds, there's just like none of that. So it's not really something. Yeah, that's it. I think if it's, we used it when we crossed Biscay yeah. and we sailed basically 90% of Biscay. Yeah. So, yeah. and like we were, I, I was messaging a, a friend that was in the UK that was kind of like, giving us information to do weather as well at the same time and it was pretty accurate I think the only thing we did is we um we headed south like as we were coming around we then um jived and headed south a little bit soon about 30 miles sooner than we would have and we've we just had good winds the whole way across so it's like it was pretty useful for that sort of crossing or if yeah. you're gonna like do big big um journey sort of thing so it's quite good yeah we used it during the summer um and like night sailing in the southern med is always difficult because the wind generally dies or changes like you rarely get a really good weather forecast but during the day it's actually pretty accurate and okay and for that it was yeah it was pretty decent like it was it said you know you're probably going to do six and a half knots for you know this stretch of the journey and you kind of did so yeah, yeah. It did, yeah it did really work out i mean you you covered like a pretty good amount of miles like during the actual time that you spent on the water because remember i was like following you yeah. on instagram because i think that was a bit more up to date and like you were popping up at such a i was like oh wow and then you know there was another image and then you know, oh you're <laughs> popping up here i was like jesus are they are they flying? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like what's, going, what's going on? So, so when did you, so you decided to get a boat before you learned how to sail? Yeah. Did, did yeah. you like learn how to sail, then go for the boat? Or did you get the boat, then like take some sailing classes or something? Yeah, we got the boat and then um, did our courses on our own boat with an instructor. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, really yeah cool. that was awesome. That was really, really helpful, actually. Um, but Bryn had been, you'd been on a boat for, I think it was like two weeks, two weeks. Um, at one point you were felt you were well you were supposed to be filming a documentary um on that two week trip. Yeah. Uh but you didn't do any signing or did you really? You were just on watch. I did I did a couple of night watches and a day watch. Yeah. Um just like four hours to give the other two guys a bit yeah. of a break. But I didn't touch anything. And I'd never even like been on a sailboat my whole life. Um and then yeah, then we brought Talisman in I think it was 2019. It was the so we time, officially time officially owned Talisman the first of January yeah. twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. Um, because he let us basically he let us have the boat a little bit early because um, we didn't have all the money. That's nice of him. He's a really good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah, we um, got Talisman in the water and just started learning. We did our courses on our own boat and then just went out like every weekend uh, around the Solent. We just drive down from Birmingham, yeah. have like weekend out sailing. And just kind of learn by just going out and doing mainly way after the course. Trying to figure out what was good and bad weather. Yeah. Was the game at the start. Yeah. And was it was like a lot of that time spent at, like, did you take the boat out and anchor or were you like nipping in between the marinas around the area? What were you doing? Well, to be honest, we mainly just went from like South Sea to Priory Bay and back about 800 times. <laughs> just getting uh, used to it. Just getting easier. Yeah, yeah, it was good like, to do that. And as soon as we were really confident with that route, we were like, okay, yeah, let's go somewhere a bit different. Yeah. And like, we'd go to Chichester Harbour and anchor there. Uh, 
yeah, it was, it was a really special moment when we answered for the first time. Like, yeah, yeah. Really yeah like, we survived a night anchor. This is amazing. Yeah, we was awake for the whole night. Yeah, we so, survived. So we survived the night. Yeah, the first time you anchor your boat, like especially if you're out at sea and you're not like in a river or an estuary, you are yeah. shitting yourself the entire night. Yeah. yeah. And we had 30 knots of wind that night as well, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. It was, a, it was a good one as well. Yeah. 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 We were so happy when we got there because we were the only boat. And we were like, this is absolutely amazing. But the whole anchorage to ourselves. And then, yeah, the wind was howling all night, like 32 knots of wind. We've since learned if you're the only boat, there's usually a reason. <laughs> yeah, Especially in the soil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, where the boat was, it's, it's a great place to learn because you have mm-hmm. got like, you've got currents you've got tides you've got strong weather pretty much all year round you can actually get strong weather it's not like you know the summer is always peaceful you can always have like heavy breezes around there Um, yeah so yeah i mean you probably learned in like one of the hardest places and you've now come to like the easiest place (laughs) yeah yeah and wind over tide like there's so many little things that i mean i thought that we'd read as much as possible and watched people sailing around the world. And then something like Wind Over Tide, which I'd never heard of, uh, or I'd, I'd, I'd read it in uh, a couple of our RYA books, but not quite understood how bad it was until oh, we got caught exper- in... Oh, you got caught yeah. out in some window yeah, tonight. Yeah, like two or three times. <laughs> yeah, we were heading to All the right. Isle of Wight, weren't we? And it was really bad that one time. Yeah, I, I genuinely thought that we were in danger. We were like, this is how it ends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what happened, wasn't it? Well, we were sailing. And we were kind of thinking, oh, what have we done wrong? Like, what, yeah. what did we not, did we look at the weather wrong? Or what did we do? And... You get some weird, like, some weird currents around the Isle of Wight. And we was on the yeah. most eastern point of the Isle of Wight. Um, and the, I think the current was going that way so that it was causing like a bit of disturbance and then the wind was going the opposite way but we'd been sailing really good heading over and it was only where the, there was like the it stirred up in the the sea state and then as we got closer and into it and then i mean i'm still saying there were three meter waves because <laughs> 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 you know they, they, they were I bet they like one. <laughs> But it was it was an experience, yeah. and we I, I remember turning around to Jay. Uh, Jay was like, so, "Like, how? What are we doing? Then are we are we going to go in? Are we going to?" And I was like, "We're either going f- to France, or we we're able to do a one eighty and hop it straight back where we came from." Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it took about five minutes. Then it we felt, I was like counting in the waves and yeah. trying to find the biggest gap between the wave. And then once I figured I'd, I'd clocked that. We then did a 180 and yeah. as soon as we got out of that area, the yeah, sea calmed down and I was like, yeah. I'm back sailing great again. Yeah. yeah That's some great sailing in the solar though, actually, didn't we? Yeah. We really enjoyed sailing. Yeah. Dodged a few hovercrafts. Yeah, all or, that traffic in the solar and all the races and all sorts. One, I think it was like our fifth time out and uh, we were like, uh, we were talking, like, we should do a night sail. We, we need to get the experience. And uh, yeah, it was like our fifth, I think it was around there. And we were, so we went out at, it's like eight o'clock yeah. in the evening. Went out, it was like, we're going to head to the western side of um, the Soden. We got to like cows and the tide turned against us and the wind was against us. And we were like, cool. But we were night sailing and there was traffic moving around and we was learning the lights. And we were trying to, like, you know, make sure you were where you thought you were without yeah. looking at the chart plotter. 
It was really cool. Yeah, it like was. we both absolutely loved it, and that's the fastest yeah. our boat actually sailed on that night as well. Yeah, so, I the needles were faster. That was with current. I don't think yeah. we had current when we sailed this fast. We had full sail up, and we were doing about eight and eight point three knots, something yeah. like that. Wow. We should, and the tow rail was in the water. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love night sailing. Like I, I enjoy it. Yeah, so so much. Uh, I also I like motoring at night as well. I, I remember um, we were motoring. I think it was from like Marbella one night, but the the ocean was just like a pond. There was literally there wasn't a single ripple. Like you could, you know, like when you see the reflection of the moon on the ocean, like you could literally see the yeah. circle and shape of the moon on the ocean. There was just nothing. Oh, and, um, yeah, it was it? so nice. It was just like so bright, and you got the engine on, but with the sea just being like so flat and like you can you can like see the reflections of stars in the ocean like it's pretty crazy that's really insane nice. that's so nice yeah rare it's only happened once <laughs> yeah so we haven't had that yet <laughs> no. okay i'll wait for the second time so when, when did you decide like okay the boat's ready i know it's a sail let's just go let's let's leave the jobs and just do one right now um i think well it was mainly on you because you i was kind of just doing I guess just odd jobs. Like I didn't really have a kind of like career or a focus anyway, whereas you were in quite a settled job. Um, so I guess it was more on you as to the leaving the job and yeah. when we were we committed to doing it and stuff. I think we knew that the best time to cross Biscay was going to be June-ish, June, July mm. sort of time. So knowing that we were in the soil and we wanted to get down to Falmouth and we just kind of figured out the timings um, that way and we knew that we were going to do we were going to leave that year so it was definitely that year these are the best times to go left my job in March March or May I think it was March yeah, I left my March. job and then yeah just moved on to the boat and just started sailing even more and yeah, then, yeah and living on the boat and living on the boat and sailed yeah. to Falmouth and then waited for a weather window as soon as that came. Yeah. Went for it. We originally planned to um, head to the Mediterranean uh, like before lockdown, didn't we? Yeah. So we would have gone even like a year earlier, which would have been insane because we'd have had like, so <laughs> we'd have had like maybe a month of sailing experience. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that was our original plan. We were like, yeah, we'll be ready to go. Um, so yeah, when um, the lockdown happened, we were like, okay, you know, I guess we'll just wait until next year and yeah, then as soon as we could, we left really, didn't we? As soon yeah. as, as soon as there was a good weather window. Pretty much. Um, and yeah, we just met a few people on Instagram that were doing it at the same time and we buddy boated with them and all just went together, like all th three boats, like none of us really knew much at all. Yeah. <laughs> so we all just worked together to kind of figure out what we were doing. And yeah, it was really nice actually, wasn't it? Having that group. Awesome. Like, yeah. well, some great because you had like some like yeah. real good camaraderie with like the guys who you were like you were sailing down oh with yeah them. like it's just it's such it's such a cool way to do it it's yeah, amazing yeah because yeah, we were in radio contact with um ali the nomad sailor he was really close we well we actually had him in vision the whole way through this guy we were constantly like checking up on the radio weren't we like asking how they are and it was really nice it's really comforting like Especially if stuff got a little bit scary, you know, you just have that backup to talk to. It was yeah, just yeah, to see how they're nice. feeling, and also like when the good things were happening. Yeah. So, like I can't remember what night it was. It was one of the earlier nights. They all blend at the minute. <laughs> um, and like there was dolphins at the back of the boat at night. 
And all I could see was like these things moving and like off the stern, like, oh, I don't know what that is. And at, at first you're a little <laughs> bit nervous and you're like, mm. and then when I noticed it was Dobbs, I was like, no, well, this is Paul radioed him behind us. And he was like, yeah, one's just jumped next to me and I can see it. And then there was bioluminescence and yeah. dolphins. So there oh, were like oh, wow. blue torpedoes coming through the There's water. There's lighting everywhere up. Yeah, so me and him had a, a really cool time. Jade missed it. She was asleep. Yeah. So. Thanks for waking me up, by the way. No problem. <laughs> 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 my, my wife, I think my wife has seen like dolphins once. Like every, <gasps> she gets seasick. So every time yeah. we're actually sailing, you know, and the boat probably looks attractive to a dolphin. Uh, yeah, she's like generally downstairs feeling ill. So yeah, because she's like, come on, there's a turtle, there's a dolphin, there's this. And I think she saw yeah. the first first dolphin she's actually ever seen once on a boat was in uh, Greece like a few weeks ago, um, which was They were massive. They've got huge dolphins there. Like the ones mm. in Spain are small. They're like four, five, six foot. They had like nine foot dolphins in Greece. Yeah. Was, they were, well, you'll see them. Like, I'm sure I think yeah, some, of yeah. guys, some of the guys will probably put them on their channels. But yeah, the dolphins were huge. Really I know as well. Like, yeah. I wonder what's speaking. I'll, I'll check out the video because I'm interested mm. in that stuff. Because like Rizzo, is, is it Rizzo? Rizzo's dolphin. Rizzo's yeah. dolphin. They're like they're big. big. Yeah. And you can easily mistake one of those for a whale. Mm. Um, and also like the dolphins in Biscay were huge as well. Yeah. Like compared to the ones we'd saw going to Falmouth. Yeah. I mean, they weren't exactly small, but they were smaller than these anyway. Yeah, so yeah, huge grey things like bulky <laughs> as well. Like you know, could do you some harm. Probably feared within the dolphin community. Yeah. You know, it's like a type of size dolphin. Yeah, well, but like literally everybody on the boat commented on the size of them, and like those guys have sailed all over the world. They're like, whoa, whoa, they're really big. Where was it? Where you saw the um, the sharks? Because you had like sharks. Uh, blue circling. sharks. Was it circling your boat, or were they like close by in the anchorage? That was in a marina. In a marina, which no, is crazy. Really? Yeah. yeah, it was no in uh, Muros, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in Muros. Where's um, that? I haven't heard of that. It's uh, well, it's the north. It's um, North Spain. It's okay. It's a right. it, rear, isn't it? It's, it's, it's in. It's in the first rear. As you go past Finisterre, it's mm. in that rear that you come into mm. there. Um, on the northern yeah. side, I think. But we were actually okay. we were anchoring, and then um. Ali, our friend, he was in the marina and he was like, oh my God, there was a, a pilot whale in the marina yeah, the other yeah. day. And we were like, what? And he's like, yeah, there's a pilot whale. And we were like, oh my gosh, this marina, that sounds really cool. And then the, we found out there was like <laughs> really a cool. mass, there was literally like hundreds of like blue sharks in there. All the time as well. Like, every every day time. there was yeah. always blue sharks. Really strange. We'd seen, we had seen some blue sharks when we were yeah. out sailing on the surface as well, basking, but not like, not that close, not that many. Yeah. And they're all little like juveniles as well, which was nice yeah. to see. They're beautiful, they are. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when you, you put that on YouTube and um, yeah, I remember watching I was like, oh my God, like the, the cute little thing. I mean, it's like a pet. You yeah. Know I mean? You pick it up, yeah. it's not like something you'd be scared of. But um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy that they came so close to land as well. Like yeah, yeah. The sharks doing that, they usually stay in deeper waters. Um, that's yeah. I find that quite interesting that there, there's actually it was it was in a research paper that I was reading it was a while back when we saw them and I was like this is unusual behavior these are pelagic species um and it, it it's still not conclusive as to why or but that they've they basically they've just been moving closer to shore than where they used to be yeah. breeding in that certain part in that region so 
Nippy food. The probably not the food. Yeah, I yeah. think with the amount of fishing that's going on in that area, I think closer to shore there probably is. Well, in fact, that marina, there was so much life in it. There was like yeah, shoals of a thousand mackerel in there that we saw. Like there was just a lot of life in there. So I think you know if that's where the food is. Yeah, follow the food. Follow yeah. the food. Yeah, yeah. That but makes the, sense. even the, if there's a pilot whale going in there, there's something <laughs> going yeah. on. So there was like decent sized mackerel in the marina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a shoal, you saw them like almost in a bait ball, almost. So you just fish off the back of your boat in the marina. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Brenda, Brenda fell and stuck the GoPro under there. Yeah, I stuck the GoPro down. <laughs> <laughs> I sat there for like an hour just with the GoPro in the water. I was, I was yeah. yeah, I was in my element there. <laughs> So you um, probably had like, I mean, I won't say the worst experience because I'd, I'd assume dying is the worst experience on a boat, but pretty close to that. You got attacked by killer whales and your prop got caught in fishing nets all in yeah. one journey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we still feel quite lucky because obviously the boat was fine. There was actually no damage. So at the time, we obviously thought the worst and we were like, oh, great, you know. Um, this is going to cost thousands or something that's going to happen to the boat or yeah. Um, but yeah we uh we were having a lovely time actually we were playing against the chess it was a lovely clear night and we were just so relaxed and then uh Bryn just glanced over the back and was like oh we're towing fishing net i think it's just wrapped around the I, thought, rudder. I thought it was caught on the rudder uh, I was like, okay cool we'll okay. just go like poke it off no problem um and then we stuck the go problems or uh, as we always do anyway uh and yeah it was just obviously wrapped around the propeller so um, and this night it was like it was it wasn't it scary weather. weather. Um it was in the day that we noticed yeah. it, yeah. But uh, there was like two meters swell, wasn't there? So it was from behind yeah. us, it wasn't too bad. The boat was obviously like, bouncing mm. and we just didn't fancy getting in the water and no like to one of us. So. I'd, I'd cut most yeah. of the net off. So there was only about two and a half feet that was left uh still attached to the prop. But I didn't I just didn't see the the benefit of risking jumping in there to, and we were like that was the furthest point from land I think it's like 200 yeah. miles from land and we hadn't had the engine on for two days at this point basically yeah we um, were sailing, we were sailing <laughs> so it wasn't doing any damage to the prop yeah it was, oh, no. it was yeah. fine so we got as much off as we could and the plan was we would have you know, just like wiped the next day to we'll just sail like when it got the sea state got a bit calmer, I would like one of us might jump in or we'd just figure something out when it was yeah. a calmer state. Mm. Um, but then yeah, like unfortunately when it got calmer, it was, two it was like two in the morning, thick fog. <laughs> um and yeah, and then it was basically it was more or less instantly when we ran out of wind, the orcas came, didn't they? Yeah. More or less straight away. It was really weird. Like the boat just obviously like slowed, wind stopped. We didn't want to turn the engine on, uh, and then Bryn heard like um, you heard, I heard the, 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 the blowhole. Blow I was in the cockpit. Jade was in the boat. Yeah, and I just looked, and all I saw was a fin. And I, in the back of my head, like I love orca whales, so I would recognise one. So yeah. I saw it, but I, I still didn't want to say it. I was like, "There's just a whale." Jade was like, "What whale?" I was like, "I don't know yet." Mm. And then I heard another. Um, like blowhole and then I saw two fins and I saw the orca like the clear white and white black. and black yeah and I was like it's orca whales and I, I like I, so I'm just, at this point I'm just going to say like we'd read about 
these interactions that people were having like before we left the UK and it was already yeah, in like the back we of our mind. We were yeah. aware of it, it was in our mind. Like, um, so when it was happening, it was like, we'd already like looked at what was the best things to do. So it was like, when, when I told you, I was like, switch everything off. Yeah. And then like uh, Ali, our buddy boat, he was not that far away. So I was like, got on the radio, I was like, Ali, I've got to, I've got to be really quiet, but um, there's all the whales around the boat. And then we just saw his boat slowly get further away. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah then we well you, you was in the boat yeah they were um w there was definitely two and the, there might have been three but we didn't, we didn't see it yeah they started kind of charging into the side of the boat uh and then there was one at the front and one at the back and they were just pivoting uh the boat riding circles yeah and ali he was behind us and he said he could just see us spinning around in circles yeah you could just um, see our lights changing yeah it was so That's weird crazy. And you could just kind of hear them communicating, like you could hear the whale calls between them. Yeah. And it, like, it was amazing. But it was so eerie. Like, it was really, really eerie to hear it, wasn't it? It's so strange. Yeah. And, you know, they're amazing animals, but so intimidating. So really those intelligent. Are, That's yeah. like the, the scary thing. They've got their own. Yeah. I was watching a documentary on on them a while back. Yeah, I mean, like you, you would have definitely seen it, but it's um, it's about a scuba diver who uh, just specializes in going doing footage of killer whales mm -hmm. and most of it's like way way up north um but they've got like dialects and accents yeah and yeah. they've like they know like oh that that one's like my third cousin once removed or something and yeah, yeah. they're a member of the clan and then other ones aren't like it's insane like how connected within their own little mini communities they are yeah. and uh, yeah on this one episode he was like oh yeah i'm going to show you like how i can become part of this like whale family and you're thinking this guy's clearly a psychopath. What's, <laughs> you know, what's he doing? It's like Bryn, to be honest. <laughs> so, like, he goes and swims down, and I think he's surrounded by kelp or something like that. It's some, you know, one of these things that starts there and you know goes way up to the surface. And it's just like hanging around, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, they've seen me, they've noticed me, and then one of them makes a noise, and he's like, oh yeah, that's like the come and check this new thing out type of noise. And then like another one makes another noise, and then he's just like, ah, yeah, so they know I'm a human. Um, but they now think that they want to play with me. I'm like, are, are, we, are you following this round? <laughs> but no, say, like they've figured, they've figured out what a lot of these noises are now, and they know that like some some noises are the same throughout different whale families, and then some of them are completely different, and that's where they've developed like their own like, accents or dialects. Yeah, it's incredible. It's such. It's I, I wish we'd have learned to speak that language. So we'd have known what they were saying to each of them. Let's have a bit of fun. Can you imagine? Uh, it's like the last, the last squeak. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I wonder what that was. It was like, ah, oh, the brummies. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. The thing that was most like, I was glad that. So I knew that they were it, like the things that had happened previously to other boats. It's always the steering. Um, yeah, and that's so. the one thing they basically didn't even touch our rudder at all. Yeah. Um, I had my hand like just above like the tiller um, and I just wanted to keep it in place-ish. But I knew that if they hit it, I didn't want to be holding it or be anywhere yeah. near it. Um, but yeah, I couldn't even feel like a bump or anything. You could feel it on the keel mm. and on the hull, but yeah, they just left the rudder alone, which yeah. I was pretty happy about. <laughs> It's like, it's just one of those rare occasions where you see a fin and it's like, oh, I wish it was a great white. 
Like, yeah. you know, there's probably no other situation where you'd see a thin and think that, but it's like the only thing that could be easier than this right now is a great white. Yeah. So, you know, there was one occasion where I was in the yard at El Merimar and there was, I think there was like two or three boats with rudder damage and like serious rudder damage, like to the point where you know that it's not, they've not, you know, reversed into a key wall or, yeah. or something yeah. like that. And I know two of them were definitely from, Orca attacks because I think Almerimar is probably like the easiest. The next stop. <laughs> yeah, like what well, want to stop and get some decent work done at. Um, but yeah, they, they were doing it quite a lot, but not so much now. It seems to be if you stick closer to the coast, um, you're not going to uh, get you're not going to get attacked, or well, it's mm. probably not going to happen. I think it's seasonal as well. So like, because yeah. they migrate, they, they migrate through animals. So like they'll. I think it's earlier in the year they'll be around Gibraltar um, and in the Straits of Gibraltar. And then the later part of the year, they then make their way up the Portuguese coast and head round up towards uh, Biscay. Um, and then after that, I'm not sure where they go. Um, I think they do, a, I think they're oceanic. So they so like I think they do a loop of the yeah. Atlantic yeah, and then come yeah. back round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's usually like I remember thinking when we were crossing this guy, I was like, it's okay, they're all in Gibraltar at the yeah. moment. Because we've gone the Ultra America site and you yeah. can see where the latest interactions are. We were one of the first ones, weren't we? Um, we was the first, we were the one, first in, one in Biscay. And, and the following days after the numbers started to just like increase, didn't they? On yeah. on that stretch of the coast. So yeah, yeah they must have just arrived just in time to well, greet there's, us. There's I think there's two or three separate uh, sub, I don't want to say subfamilies, just in case mm. I'm wrong, but subsections of that larger pod um, that are interacting with uh, boats. So even though there was one subpod in Gibraltar still that was interacting, there was a separate one that had already mm. made the way north, and that was the one that had interacted with us. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think it's something that people will probably have to bear in mind when doing these uh, crossings and sailing in these areas um, but I don't think it's any different to if you go hiking in a in bear country and you know be aware of the wildlife and respect it around you and just yeah. plan accordingly like there's so many other dangers in the sea this is just another one like we don't we, yeah. we plan for everything else this is just something else that we just to be aware of I mean it's like you know, if you if you're going camping in Canada, you've still got like a much greater risk of being like attacked by a ginormous bear than you have being attacked by an orca oh, yeah. in the Bay of Biscay. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. Not... And we actually know quite a lot of people that saw orcas and they just the orcas weren't bothered at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of obviously you think the worst because you hear all of these stories and everyone's just like, that's it, you know, I'm gonna end up getting attacked if I go there. And the majority of folks we spoke to, like they either haven't seen orcas or when they the did, yeah, I hope they just said hello. Yeah. And then like our on. friends, like Claire and Ollie, the orca literally swam under the boat and just swam out. Two, two, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, there was one that they ones. saw in this yeah. and yeah, just literally yeah. swam past them and carried on. And then, um, yeah, one was it Gibraltar? Yeah. Well, it was, it was somewhere on the yeah. south. It's There's weird no... that they've started that they've started doing that because it's like prior to these attacks, like the the idea of 
an orca swimming around my boat, I'd be like, oh my God, that'd be amazing. Like yeah. I'll lean out yeah. and touch it. I'll give it a little pat on the fin. <laughs> um, but now, yeah, I'm pretty terrified. We need to do like a remake of Free Willy and, you know, get the, uh, <laughs> get the, get everybody loving like uh, orcas again. Yeah, just, yeah. Reputation's I think taking a bit of a hit. It's a, it's, it's one of the, it's a fear. And like the same as people are scared of sharks and people are scared, but the chances of any of these things, like there's people swimming in the seas all the time in shark infested waters. Yeah. And the attacks to how often people are in the water and it, like the, there's uh, dog bites, there's things at work incidents, tri slips, trips, falls. These are all things that are far more dangerous than any of these. Being I mean, in a car on a road. Being <laughs> in a car on a road are far more dangerous than, you know, uh, having one of these encounters when you're out sailing. Yeah. So the, the route that you took, because you like blasted through it quite quick. I I've yeah. always looked at like northern France, northern Spain, Portugal, of like that definitely being like a full season of cruising. Like for when we leave the med and we just start pottering around yeah. outside, I've always seen that as like a full year without a doubt, probably even more actually. You like went through it real quick. Did did you enjoy it so much that you would like the opportunity at some point to probably go back up there and spend a bit more time around there? Yeah, I think definitely Portugal. Um, like we did love Northern Spain as well, but I think it was just the weather for us. that That's what kind of put us off. Um, obviously we wanted warm seas that was like the main yeah, the thing we were after and it's freezing like we jumped in when we got to anchor for the first time and we were like oh my god and I think that's that's why we probably were in a bit of a rush to leave there but um, it was beautiful Northern Spain was absolutely amazing I think that's the best anchorages yeah. we've seen yet yeah they look incredible and the same for Portugal really like, obviously it's still cold the water was cold anyway yeah um, yeah, we were just, we kind of had it in our head as well that the med was going to be our end goal for this season if we could make it that far. Because um, as well, like, obviously with um, Brexit and like the Schengen visas and that kind of stuff, oh, yeah. um, we couldn't get, I don't think, well, we might be able to now, but at the time we couldn't see a way of getting a visa for Portugal to stay in Portugal anyway. So we were like, well, we need to get to either um, a place to winter and then fly home or get as far as the non-Shenzhen zones like that was our original no it was funny though when you started like pottering down this way and like you were anchoring I think you anchored outside Marbella and, yeah and I was like I've tried that so many times and you never sleep <laughs> it was <laughs> like, awful it was absolutely awful swell coming in from the south like no yeah. matter where the wind is coming from um in some ways you're better with like a really strong easterly or westerly and just tuck behind mm. something because otherwise you're just going to get that southern swell and it's like yeah yeah just a nightmare it's so so I bad think that's that's probably is the other reason why we went quite quick actually because we didn't want to pay the money for marinas um and obviously anchoring on the portuguese coast there's not really many options so yeah we kind of thought, oh, let's just do it as quick as we can. So, so we didn't have to spend so we didn't have to spend marinas, yeah. yeah. But um, I think we'd like to do like a road trip or something around Portugal at some point as well. Definitely, there was yeah. Yeah. It was amazing, actually. We mm. really, really enjoyed Portugal. Um, as for going back up there, like probably one day, but I have no idea when. <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to head back up there. Like, yeah, we're going to keep continuing to places that we haven't been, I think, yeah. other than when we come back out the med. 
So yeah, I'm not sure that we'll head back up there anytime soon, but it's not to say that if someone we know is there and we get to go out on, yeah. a, on a friend's yeah. boat sailing who's in that area, that'd be pretty cool. So it'd be cool I, to still visit. I like the idea of like, you can sail up the Thames into London and then like you could spend a little bit of time in London, like maybe on anchor, depending where that's possible. I don't really know that much about <laughs> it, but you could definitely go into a marina. And then from there, you could just like sail and then motor into Paris, which I think is quite cool. Yeah. Just spend a bit of time yeah. in Paris and like do the canals yeah. and stuff. Like that looks like a really good journey. Have you thought about next year? Because like you don't need to rush anywhere so much like with, <laughs> with the next season coming up. So have you thought about what type of ground you want to cover? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think probably it still will seem rushed to a lot of people actually. Yeah. We think we yeah. think we're gonna be taking it slow next year by doing um possibly going to the Balearics first. Mm. Uh, definitely going to the Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. Let's go to Balearics first. Um, and then yeah, make our way quite slowly. Uh Sardinia. Corsica, Corsica Sardinia, Sardinia, Italy, um, Italy, uh, Croatia, Malta. I uh, definitely want to go to Malta. The diving so next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, then end up in Greece. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, yeah, that is quite fast. All right. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was us, us taking it leisurely. Yeah, that is pretty. Um, cool. So yeah, like again, I'd say like the Belly Eriks is just a season to itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's cruiser pace. You know, you just got to yeah. take take. I think though, like I mean, if I think if you um, I mean, it depends how fast you want to see it. Like the the way I and like to enjoy it is if I get to an anchorage and it's like really beautiful and you know, you've got beautiful cliff faces or rocks or beaches or the, you know, the sunsets are really good. I'd, I'd like to spend a couple of weeks in there. I want to familiarize myself yeah. with like yeah. every spot, every, every, you know, different type of rock or what all the fish are, that type of thing. Yeah. So, Do you know what? I think that that probably is a good point. I actually don't think we've found anywhere that that's can... made us want to do that. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. because, yeah. I think all the anchorages we've been to have either been like really busy, like in the Algarve where it was horribly busy. It was their holidays. Um, yeah. Right. Or it's been cold or the water's been cold or I just don't think we've found anywhere that's quite tick the boxes. Tick the boxes. Yeah. And the closest yeah. we got was um, uh, La Herradura. Yeah, La Herradura. I don't know if that's how you say it, um, but it was really yeah. nice there. That is like uh, the first clear water anchorage yes. that you actually turn yeah. onto once you enter the meds. Yeah, yeah we we planned to spend just a night or two there, and we spent a week there, and we we absolutely loved it. It was even though we didn't was, sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah again, there. it's pretty difficult <laughs> yeah. to sleep. There's there's one little there's a, the main bay. Um, that can be pretty difficult again because you do get a southern swell coming in. Mm -hmm. But if you go round there, there's a ridiculously but really beautiful, expensive marina called Marina del Est. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah stupid expensive. I stayed yeah. there like out of season for a few nights, and then I turned up like during high season, and I asked for a price. I was like, no chance. So I was just like, I'm just not going to sleep tonight. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not paying like 110 euros to book football. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah there's like just behind the marina there there is like a tiny little there's space for like maybe two sailboats i think it's like yeah. 17 or 18 meters deep so you need to have like mm -hmm. quite a bit of chain and rope available but yeah it's like the first part where you can pull up and actually get clear water and like see fish and yeah stuff. yeah there's so much life there the it's just so beautiful. much like beautiful isn't it yeah yeah so we're there for about a week 
Yeah, and I think we could have stayed there longer as well. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I think think we probably will, like you said, if we do find somewhere, we probably will slow down. We will definitely slow down. We just haven't experienced that that amazing side of anchoring yet. I think, especially when it gets to, like, the middle of summer, like, being in the Balearics and the water's, like, you know, 23, 24 degrees, so you can just jump in and it's nice. And even at night, you can jump in and it's it's not going to, you're not going to get chilly. Um, and having like a beautiful anchorage, like you will, you will definitely slow down because you'll just want to stay. Like, yeah. yeah. You well, know? <laughs> I, w- I was saying to Bryn as well. Um, there's a place which is like a nine-hour sail away from Almerimar called Cabo de Gata. And, oh and yes, yeah. Yeah, the anchorage the is there. Like, there's a couple of them which are easily as nice as pretty much anywhere in the Med. Um, mm. Like easily as good as the Balearics. And uh, yeah, there's one which is like a hippie beach, which is crazy. Like there is some yeah. weird shit goes on on that. Beach. <laughs> like, We're checking really, that one out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really weird stuff. I, I last time I went there, I was with uh, Josh who came over from California, and Josh just loves talking to people. I like talking to people, but not like strangers on a beach who are naked yeah. and tattoos. Yeah. Like that's that's a bit, a bit too far for me. So yeah, he was just like going up talking to all these all these randoms, and uh, yeah, one of them, he was like this guy, literally head to toe, full body was a, a tattoo. Uh, the forehead, the cheeks, everything was tattooed, and it was like, you know, how did you find yourself here? And we, we were, f- we thought this guy was from like, you know, the Viet Cong or you know, like s- something crazy, like yeah, this, yeah. like old old veteran who's seen the world or whatever, who's gone nuts perhaps. And he was like, oh yeah, I just lived in the town like next door because like there's a town which is like a five minute dinghy ride away. And he was like, yeah, you know, I, I got fed up, it was boring, so you know, now I live here in the commune. And it's like, okay, fine. Left his family around the corner. And, uh, and I did join. Yeah. yeah, they were obviously just like, no, we want to wear clothes during the winter outside. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, no, I absolutely do not. So it's, uh, it was fine the way it is for him. But yeah, I think yeah. you'll you'll definitely slow down. I think if you did, if you got, you could probably do Balearics and like Sardinia or something. But I think once mm-hmm. you get to those places in the summer, you're not going to want to rush out of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I hope so. It'd be, it'd be really nice to yeah. find somewhere we like enjoy that much or that we find that comfortable. I wonder if there's a thing like, because whenever you and me seem to get comfortable somewhere, we get them itchy feet going. Oh, yeah, we do. We, we're going to stay here forever if we don't leave now sort of thing. Yeah. So I wonder what, how that how that's yeah. going to work. We don't we don't know yet, like, exactly how long we're going to spend in places. So I think that'll be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think we that's don't like make too a many type plans. of trap, though, like. I mean, if you pulled up somewhere and it was literally so beautiful that you didn't want to leave, then you can just stay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's the point of sailing, really, isn't it? Living yeah. on a boat is you can just, yeah, yeah just find somewhere nice and just place. stay there. Or just mm, wait for yeah. the weather to kick you out and then go and find a new place. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, that's, that's a good point. So when, when did when did you decide that you wanted to start putting your experiences on YouTube? Mm. I think we kind of had had it in our heads. We probably would do that straight away, didn't we? Because because we've kind of watched these other sailing YouTube channels, and and I think we just thought that we had a bit of a, a different angle in a way. Yeah, and like because of where we're from, partially as well, we hadn't actually seen anyone else from Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, so we thought, okay, like maybe people on a budget that don't know what they're doing might find it valuable to see, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like if we can figure out a way of doing it, other people could 
sort of figure out a way of doing it. And we yeah. always created content yeah. before this. Yeah. Like, just for ourselves, just for ourselves. Like, we were always videoing stuff and just editing little like silly videos. And, yeah. Yeah, we've always liked um doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it wasn't like we we, we already knew how it wasn't like we didn't have the learning curve of yeah. how to make yeah yeah definitely although filming ourselves is not necessarily oh yeah yeah we never used to film ourselves it was always filming filming other stuff <laughs> yeah. that was weird that's been a really weird yeah. thing to learn but um do you know what it's actually be we weren't sure how we'd feel because also we didn't really like i guess you could say we weren't really social media people before. no it definitely like, wasn't we didn't really do a lot of that kind of stuff so putting ourselves out there has been it's been really weird mm. you know Hearing what people have got to say about what you're doing and it's very rewarding as well yeah. at the same time. Like, like it's quite personal, like what we share you know, a lot of the time, like the things we struggle with and yeah, you know, on the boat and the learning curve and you yeah. know, I guess like finances and debt and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, but, it's all personal stuff yeah. that we, we hadn't necessarily spoke about before we started yeah. putting it out. So it's like But do you know what? It's actually been amazing, hasn't it? Like yeah. I feel like because we get some messages sometimes from people that are like, you know, it's really helped us to know how achievable it is, and you don't need a lot of money, you don't need a lot of knowledge. If you can figure it out and work yeah. hard, you'll achieve it, and that kind of stuff. And mm. it like really means a lot hearing that kind of stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's it makes cool. me feel really, uh, really happy that we've shared it. Yeah, makes us feel like we've done the right thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and yeah. also I think it gives us a purpose a lot of the time as well, like especially if we're be scared. Um, I think filming and being aware of the camera and being like, okay, let's make a video. Yeah. Really enjoyed that side of things. Um, kind of having that to focus on a lot of the time on the crossing was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying There's to... There's a think. bit of a video diary, I think. Yeah. You get, the purpose thing, I think, is... Uh, I can't imagine sailing without doing it, if that makes sense now. Yeah, it's because we did it from the start. Yeah. yeah. From the start. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think as well, it's um, it's just pushed us to do some different things as well, hasn't it? Knowing that we're filming it. Yeah, because it, it like sometimes you know when you just want to feel a bit lazy, you don't want to, you just want to chill day, and then you know like think like we're both really creative people, um, and so we just think, do you know what would be really cool? We should we should go here, do this dive, or we should go for this hike, and mm-hmm. it. It's just good for the soul as well. Like I, I, yeah, it's a creative outlet. A creative outlet yeah. where you get an exercise and you're getting to see culture and you're getting to meet. It's just good for the soul, yeah. I think, in that way. So. And I know a lot of people say this as well, like they, they're just making videos for family and friends and stuff. But we, we really were. We were kind of doing it for us because we enjoy making them and that all our family and friends could see what we're up to. Yeah. Um, the fact that like any strangers have watched it, it's kind of spurred us on to do it even more and focus on it even more hasn't it i'm not going to tell anyone where these videos are but like with these videos of us to like eight years ago hiking yeah. up broken beacons where we've made a video trying to do a little vlog yeah showing family and friends like because we used to go on like hiking adventures and like world camping in places and we used to film that then it was no it was yeah. like not great but we used to do motorbike YouTube vlogs as well. Yeah, I, lo- I, lo- I absolutely love motorbikes. So I was like, that's it. I'm going to start filming my rides. And yeah, I went down that road. Like all of, like fish tanks um, and aquatics, I used to film that. So I'd like film setting up fish tanks. 
like we've always just loved making videos anyway for mm. for whoever like family friends and for ourselves i suppose as well yeah like to look back on and because you can't always remember exactly what happened but it's cool to see it yeah I see the memory side of it as being like, fantastic because when when I when we sailed to um, the Canaries, like it, it, we we just had an amazing five days on the water. It was so so nice, and we just saw great things, and we had like great laughs and stuff. Um, but I have a shit memory, so I completely forgot it. And, and, and <laughs> I think it was like six months later they put the videos on. I was like, wow, I had a good time. I forgot I had a good time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. look at me doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I completely forgot about the journey. Oh. So, yeah. Have you I thought think... about doing like anything on you, like a YouTube channel, like a vlog or anything? I think it's a lot of hard work. Um, I, I've actually like... heard you talk about this in some of your other podcasts as well, which is what I find it really interesting. Yeah. Like that you see that side of it. I'll let you tell Jade. Yeah, I think I think it's a lot. Like what? So one of the reasons why I said okay, let's just hang up and do an audio test is because, mm-hmm. like, I've I've had to sit for like literally eight hours just going through audio on the podcast, and I'm like, wow, if yeah. I had to do this, but like with video also, like, no, <laughs> yeah. no way I could do it. I think you need you need a lot of patience. Um, but you know, I've I've never ever been good with taking photos or a camera um, my wife yeah. like gives me hell about this all the time because we'll go away for like two weeks and I, I will not take one photo because I just you know I want to I want to look at my wife yeah I'm not like oh yeah, you're in the moment my wife. yeah I'm not, you know, I'm not like yeah. you know I'm like oh you know my son looks great let me take a video of him it just it yeah doesn't pop, it just doesn't pop into my head so I don't think I'd have an actual inclination for it my wife probably could because she takes a lot of photos um, yeah she's you know I think she probably takes about 100 photos a day of our kid so yeah, uh, yeah like, you know she's, she's got like the instinct for it but uh oh. yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot of work we I, yeah. actually, actually no I, I would do some sailing videos because for the business that we're going to do um mm-hmm. but yeah like pretty i think that would more be like trade like sail training or um like, yeah. com- like a commercial or something like that yeah um, but yeah like i've got a lot of respect for you because like cruising full time is hard anyway and then when you've when you're living aboard and then when you're managing your finances and then the like the idea of then filming that and then selecting what you want to put on the internet and then editing it and then mm-hmm. dealing with like the business side of I'm like well that's a lot <laughs> yeah I think it's um well it's weird actually because you did editing for a job that was my previous job. So yeah. we kind of just thought that oh, yeah. and for some reason I do all the editing. Like I just enjoy it. Jane literally does ninety-five percent of yeah. all the editing. <laughs> and do you enjoy it? Like do you like? I absolutely that? love it. Yeah, I love no it. Way. Really enjoy it. I think I because it. I did it as a job, the and also you play to your strengths. Jade is so good, or I think is so good at storytelling. Like right. she's way better than me. It's telling a, a story of how something happened. Whereas I enjoy the editing where you start putting like yeah. effects into things. Yeah. And, and I hang to be in technical stuff. So that's yeah. the bit that you do usually, isn't it? You go over it and do little. Yeah, I'd like, I literally just, once Jade's done her bit, I'll have a watch over. And then we'll sometimes we'll have a little like creative meeting where we say, oh, should we try this? Should we try that? Yeah. And then we just put it in and yeah. But it, it wasn't what we would expect. We, we thought that I'd be doing the editing, but yeah no it's better do you do you find that when you do your so when you I mean I don't know if everything is completely linear but if you if you sail for a week and then you video for Mm -hmm. a week and then that's that week uh, do you find that you have to go through like a lot of footage 
to pick out a storyline perhaps or or do you do you know like do you have an idea going into it like how does that work I think at the start we were we were literally filming everything, weren't we? Like mm. every single thing that happened, like making a coffee, every conversation, like we were just filming everything, and it was awful. Like we had to go through so much footage, and and the videos were turning out like half an hour, and I had to try and like slim them down. And yeah, it was a lot harder at the start, but I think we've got a lot more purposeful with what we film now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we kind of we we don't plan the videos. Um, so like on a sale, we won't like be like, okay, let's set up this and do that we do film what happens yeah. but we'll be more selective when we get the camera out um, but then the flip side of that is I feel like we've missed loads of cool stuff that's happened yeah because like you a lot of the time yeah we, we, we don't think to get the camera out like loads of times when things have happened we don't get the camera out so obviously no one sees it and um, there's a lot of things like that and a lot of cool times we've met people as well yeah, and we've come yeah. out and had like beach barbecues and all that kind of stuff and like we haven't even took the camera and things like that and sometimes that annoys me because I'm like oh, I really wish that that bit was in the video and that and we didn't film it I've got a question like so if we was to meet you on your boat say for a drink and we brought a camera mm. is that like an in is it a bit invasive is it like uh, that's the thing we don't ever take a camera when we're yeah. meeting people like, I don't think it is I mean, the thing is, it's yeah. your job as well. It's like if you turned up with yeah, a briefcase and you're like, oh, I've just left work, nobody give you shit. They'd just be like, yeah. oh, you know, he's just got his work papers or whatever. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't think it would. But I'm, I, we're young. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that old people don't know what a camera is, but the idea yeah. of people making money off YouTube is something that's pretty common with people who are in like the yeah. 20s and the 30s, where it might not yeah. be for for an old I don't know it's it depends if you are, because I've like seen some people they will get a camera and they'll go right up to somebody's face like oh you know why do you like boats it's like fuck off mate you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's the interrogation um but yeah if, if it was like I don't know just doing like a boat tour or something I said I don't know I suppose it would be different so but yeah, I, don't think they'd I, think... Any, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with bringing a camera yeah Bryn's got his DSLR, his GoPro, <laughs> he's setting up the shots, the lighting. Well, there's a re- I got one for Greece, and I actually just didn't end up using it. So I thought maybe people won't film that much, but mm. literally all people did was film, which made it easier for me because I didn't have to oh, think brilliant. about anything. But it, they are the so the DG the DJI, yeah, it's not DGI, mm. it's DJI, yeah, that's mm. right. Uh, they do one called a Pocket Osmo. Yeah, that's really cool. Pocket. Yeah, yeah, that, that, you can just slide it in your pocket. Um, and it's just like it's so unintrusive to the point where if you held it and because c- a big camera can be quite intimidating you know like yeah. if somebody's got a big old lens in your face mm. right well whereas if it's like a little tiny cute thing and they're really good um like i was i was showing it to the guys when we were in greece and they were like no no these are actually really good like yeah they're, they're yeah that would so be cool so yeah they're expensive they're like 500 about 500 euros but you can probably yeah. get like you know one for half the price yeah yes yeah, i think it's the way it is in china like they make it and then they just sell the blueprints to like the factory next door and they like make it <laughs> yeah. for like a third or something like that i think that's yeah. what goes on with like Apple, <laughs> probably i think it's similar with a gopro actually isn't it because that's quite unobtrusive it's quite it's quite we so like we've got a lot. The dh5 panasonic dslr which we now really, really like, but we... It looks amazing, but even I'm intimidated. If Brent's filming me with the DSLR, I, like, freeze up and I'm like, let's do something yeah. stupid. I yeah. can't, like, I can't think. Yeah. But then the GoPro is... GoPros are brilliant. Yeah. Like, I, such I an like easy that. camera. They're brilliant. 
Yeah. Like when, when we were doing uh, some sailing around the Balearics with Josh, he had like a bigger camera and then he had his little GoPro thing. And I don't know, it's mm. like GoPros are almost, it's like if you're doing some type of sports, they kind of should be there. Whereas yeah. like having like a, like a big old camera in your face when you're doing something completely normal, like seems intrusive in a way. Yeah. 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 I'd agree with that. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's something that we've probably, we've got a bit better on, but we still, it's, it's similar to you. We like to enjoy the moment as well. Like we don't want to have to like, you know, instantly get the camera out for things. But then if we, if we think it's something that and also like, we'd so, like to share with people, then and we, get the camera we should really be trying to share yeah. with people as well. Yeah. So it's just getting into that habit. Yeah, it's all been a learning curve, like, you know, filming ourselves and yeah. sharing stuff. But yeah, like, we're, really, we're really happy with it. interesting things about travelling is the people you meet. So like, it's, it yeah. would definitely be better if you took your ca- a, a small camera at least so you could share that part of it. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, think we are going to start doing that, like, yeah. 100%. Well, actually, in some of our, um, like, later videos that we've not edited them yet, we do, we've got, like, a couple of... We got like an interview with another signing channel that we did in Vienna. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so we're, we're going to do more of that kind of stuff as well, I think. Yeah, our confidence is building, so we're getting a yeah. good break. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we actually film out in the street now in places, so we're so <laughs> um, One of the funniest things, it must be funny to people if you're walking down the road and you see us, because yeah. uh, when we were going to, uh, to the airport, and I could see this T-junction, and I just had a feeling it was busy around the corner. And uh, as we were walking, I was like, okay, it's going to get busy around the corner. And James was like, it's okay, carry on, carry on. And then we got to the corner, and you just see Jake go, <laughs> the camera straight <laughs> down, and just down. like, yeah, start walking yeah. across the road. And we both do that. Like, I actually like those bits, though, because then we can include them like in the bloopers at the end of videos, which I absolutely love. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I love whenever, whenever we make mistakes or look like, yeah. It's it's good. It's good. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Even we watch it and we laugh still. So. Uh, yeah, doing it in like a really busy crowd, I imagine, I imagine could be weird. Like do, you get quite a lot of them in Malaga because it's like you know it's a really nice tourist uh, yeah. tourist destination in the south of Spain, and um, yeah, it was some uh, some point in the summer. I can't remember. And it was anyway. It was a hot day. We were walking around Malaga, and like you, you know, some people when they do like vlogging, they get like super intense. And it's, yeah. not just, it's not just a great road. It's a great road. Do you know what I mean? And they go, yeah. ah, like there was this girl walking past with like, what, like a little GoPro and she was like really going into it. I was like, this is such not real life. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I saw you over there. You were really quiet and miserable and now like freaking out over here because you got a camera in front of you. Yeah. 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 A bit unnatural. I think that like, I think coming from Birmingham, we're not, over exaggerating people by nature, yeah. Like from our neck of the, <laughs> yeah. like our part well, the of the world, we tend to underplay. We tend to underplay yeah. everything. Much like, better. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's just it's the way we are. But like watching it back, like we didn't know how we were going to come across. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's quite funny. I, I actually now and again I'll watch one of our older videos and be like, oh, this is so cool. And just looking back at what we've. What we've done. Yeah, and... It's funny to see how much more confident we are now than the first videos. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a channel called uh, Say a Life. Um, oh, yeah. So, that life. Yes, it's a guy called Mass. Oh, Denmark, I think. I can't, sorry, I can't remember which country. Really stupid. Um, anyway, so he's, he's been doing the um, the DIY videos for like six mm-hmm. or seven years, I think. It's just it's such a long time now. It might be about five years. And 
like now he's he's amazing like you'd watch him do these DIY videos on his boat and it's like you're watching the David Attenborough of like DIY boat people yeah. Yeah. like you're like wow this guy is amazing at making these little mini documentaries and it's like if you watch some of the first ones he did um because I there was one video he did and I had something on the boat I can't remember what it was but I knew he did a video on it from something I watched years ago and I put it on and my wife came in and she was like whoa like he's so so different and I was like yeah he's just figured out like how to you know present himself on camera in like yeah, yeah. but yeah it's completely different like totally different from when he first started yeah I actually love watching that like when you get a bit attached to a sailing channel you you kind of grow with them like I love that we've done that with quite a few as well yeah. cool so listen thanks very much for taking the time out yeah thanks for having yeah, us it's been awesome. yeah, sharing, it's been sharing a bit of your story yeah I think you're the first definitely the first Brummies maybe the first Northerners kind of yes <laughs> definitely the we'll take that boys. yeah yeah <laughs> cool mm-hmm.